Hi, this is Varun Haran. I'm senior editor with Information Security Media Group. I'm speaking today with Richard Mosley, who is the senior vice president at Rapid7. And we're going to be discussing the current threat landscape in the APAC region and the use of AI and ML in the security space right now. How does AI and ML specifically help UABA and where is it heading? Hi, Richard. Thanks for joining us today. Well, thank you, man. Thank you for the opportunity. My pleasure, Richard. You know, AI and ML has been positioned as a solution to some issues like the lack of manpower and others. It's pervasive in the market right now, but is it just all marketing buzz or is there a significant development in that space that you see? Yeah, that's a great question. For many organizations, including at Rep7, it's enabled us to make tremendous advancements in the overall capability, not least for the fact that today, organizations are typically collecting vastly more amounts of security data, data logs, etc., than they were historically. Cloud technology has enabled us to do that. But if we're going to go out and collect huge amounts of security logs, etc., we need efficient, effective ways of processing that. Really, just we're not up to it, particularly around correlations and understanding understanding patterns and getting complex analysis to make the whole process of security management much more simple. We really do need great advances in AI and ML, and certainly that has truly helped. And I think what it really boils down to is the level of analytics capability in an organization through the use of these techniques has really allowed to bring much greater context and understanding of what is happening to the risk profile in the organization. And certainly with regard to providing consistent, comprehensive updates within the organization as the landscape changes, as threats happen, as the organization evolves. And that's really made significant impact on the overall cost of securing the organization using less people with less skilled resources. And so in that sense, I think it's real and I think we're going to see a lot more of it. What are some specific developments here? You know, how is machine learning or deep learning helping, for example, UABA? Uh, UABA is a space that Rapid7 actively works in. So what aspects of UABA, for example, does it specifically improve? Yeah. So if we think about user behavior analytics, and um, again, the the ability to provide those analytics historically were, were really challenged. Vast amounts of data trying to correlate activities of user throughout the organization and correlating that back to assets and then finding common similarities across asset groups or across the organization was relies on being able to acquire huge amounts of data to do that analysis effectively. And so it's really enabled a leap forward in the capability to provide holistic understanding of what is happening at the user level. It's just not user behavior analytics, but also some of these new areas such as attacker behavior analytics. So being able to look at attack patterns through threat intel and what's happening in similar organizations across the world and apply the analytics of that to other known environments using the same technology. And so, for example, if we see a threat pattern happening in a certain country in Asia Pacific, perhaps exploiting a common vulnerability, and then being able to appreciate that happening, understanding where those vulnerabilities occur in other organizations and how those attackers may be leveraging that, having that context and that understanding so that we can give other companies a header is a step forward. Again, it requires significant amount of processing power, analytics, and ML and AI. Where is this AI and ML uh, revolution, if I may call it, where is it headed? You know, what are your expectations for security in this year? 
I think we'll see continued leverage of the technologies. I think you'll see them become more pervasive in in many aspects of security. We have to also remember that you know the overall security landscape is becoming ever more difficult to manage. So last month we saw the 100,000 CVEs, common vulnerabilities, and there's been a significant increase in the past few years just in the sheer number. Not just the number, but also the severity of some of those. And you know, as we've seen in the last year, many of those are being exploited at a global level. So we have as a organization are facing an increase in not just that, but also the challenges that are facing as their organizations move to cloud, as they have increases with IoT, the move to digitization. So many different factors are GDPRs. One more to add to the list of challenges that security guardians are having to deal with. There's a lot on their plate compared to where we were uh, just a couple of years ago. So everything that perhaps some of the, the vendors can do to help provide them with capabilities to manage their organization, understand and assess their risk with less manpower, then they're going to be in a better position to be able to manage that with with scarcer resources and perhaps potentially less skilled resources. Even though all these advanced capabilities and analytics, like you said, are coming to the market, a lot of these organizations are having to look outside of their own enterprises to get the requisite skill set or understanding to make these work. For example, UABA. Do you see that trend as something that's going to go hand in hand with this AI and ML development that we see, where you have managed security providers providing the expertise? We've certainly seen more recently in the last year or so, and particularly in Asia, a shift to this so-called service orientation where perhaps organizations who would historically have purchased the technology themselves and run it perhaps on-premise are moving to SaaS-type delivery and consuming that as a service and increasingly so asking their partner to actually provide the whole project as a managed service. So just if you think about some of the common areas of security, if you take vulnerability management or incidents section response or application security, many of those are now, many customers are now asking to perhaps outsource those to their MSP, their their managed provider, to take that area functionality and manage that for them. It's just one less thing that they have to do, particularly where they've got scarce resources or perhaps a project that has sprung up quickly based on some of these factors we talked about before, new project areas, etc. So we certainly see that. In fact, it's been really quite a marked increase in the extent to which organizations are looking for help and getting an overall capability provided through services. Right. So I think concluding question for you, Richard, would be as a security thought leader, you know, speak to so many people in the industry, your peers, uh, what are some recommendations you can uh, leave here today for the security practitioner? So I think really focusing on trying to break down the barriers between IT and security, this idea of, of SecOps, of bridging the gaps. And I think to help organizations you know, speed up the process of remediation, understand their risk, uh, automate and orchestrate in ways perhaps they hadn't done before. I've been really trying to get to a position of understanding their risk and really the integration between security, between DevOps and between IT is more seamless. If you think about the whole development lifecycle of applications. If you think about the way that we need to remediate risk in the organization, there is a three-way communication between security, DevOps, and IT in almost every aspect. And if through technology, we can bridge those gaps and provide remediation workflows, if through incident detection and response, we can provide capabilities between those three groups, if we can embed security within the software development lifecycle, all of those increase our security posture. They reduce the levels of manpower and 
conflict between the groups and give us a better status and understanding of our risk and the risk profile in the organization. And certainly one big thing that we're hearing from customers is that historically they bought a lot of different and separate, perhaps uh, separated technologies. And now is the time to sew those together through automation and orchestration. And I think if for many companies, if they're able to automate some of those processes of the people and their technology and sew up those technologies together, it dramatically reduces the manpower effort and certainly reduces the risk associated with mistake errors, etc. So for us, the big two there are our scalps and automation and orchestration. Great, Richard. So automation, orchestration and taking a risk-based approach. Thanks so much, Richard, for your insight today. Thank you, Van. So you were listening to Richard Mosley, who is Senior Vice President at Rapid7. For ISMG, this is Varun Haran. Thanks for listening.